In this interview series we call The Circuit, TechPoint serves up the human stories behind the major tech headlines in Indiana. I'm your host, Marilyn Flowers, Chief of Staff at TechPoint. Today, we talk to Darian and Devin Michael, co-founders of Qualify. Qualify has accelerated the hiring process by eliminating phone tag with asynchronous interviews. In this episode, we talk about Qualify's origins, how recruitment has evolved since the company was founded, along with the story of how Darian and Devin's entrepreneurial careers grew separately before converging with the founding of Qualify. Darian, it's so nice for you all to come join us this afternoon. Glad to be sitting down with you to have a conversation. Appreciate you. Thanks for having us. Very glad to. Um, I will start first question with basics and give a chance uh, give a chance for people to know a little bit more about Qualify, what the platform does, what kind of customers that you all serve. But Devin on the spot. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, so Qualify is the phone screening platform for high volume interviewing. So we typically work with healthcare, call centers, manufacturing, and security. Uh, companies to help them hire like hourly workers, mainly anywhere from thirteen to twenty-five dollars an hour to screen literally hundreds of people every day. So, really driving efficiency for these uh, these businesses and helping them get their best talent faster. Right. As you all, I'm sure know, there's lots of different HR um, platforms out there that are providing solutions. So, I'm curious what opportunity you all saw back in 2018 in the asynchronous phone screening space, and what challenge you all were trying to solve. Yeah. So. Uh, we both had our own different lenses into the world of HR. For me, I was at another startup company prior to this viral launch. Um, we were scaling really fast. I was part of like the original team, employee number one or two, and we went. Uh, we got to seventy people by the time I left, and I oversaw a lot of the internal operations, including HR and recruiting, and just found myself super busy all the time with the, all the different hats I was juggling, but. Um, with the repetitiveness, the like just uh, administrative workload of coordinating even the first screen interview, um, I saw an opportunity there to create a better experience for myself um, and also for candidates and then brought the idea to, to Devin and I'll kind of let him share. Yeah, so mine was completely different. Um, so I had the food truck in, in college where I hired people for that and then also um, during the, we call it the off season of food trucking, we would, which is the winter because it's too cold to be out there. And we would actually do side hustles. So my side hustle was um, going and working in senior care. And so I had kind of oversaw a territory around Terre Haute, Indiana of a company called Senior Helpers. And so I experienced high churn environment. So every time I hired someone, they were usually gone within, you know, days to weeks. Uh, depending on who it is. And so I'm constantly screening people just to get people in the in the positions I need them. So different experiences, but same problem, which was screening was just taking a lot of our day when we had other things we had to get to as well. So yeah. it, was, it was really built for us more than anything. And then we saw just the kind of a void in the space. There wasn't uh, really anybody that we noticed doing uh, doing what we do today in the way that we imagined it. And um, sort of that conviction, plus like finding new things out from the prospects that we were talking to, to just data in the industry around 
this specific step that we solve for today taking the longest uh, almost universally across all of recruiting um we just saw that there's a something there um and we, that kind of built our conviction around what we do today it certainly resonates with me with the work I do at TechPoint, and obviously it resonated with a lot of people. 2022 has been a huge year for you all, $2.5 million raise, um, being part of the Indy Chamber's Best Places to Work list, and then nominated for four year awards, and of course, Darren, you taking home Rising Entrepreneur Awards. So first of all, congratulations. What a year. Thank you. Sounds really good. Sounds really good. What do you put it that way? really good. Reflect on the year and, and what you think has contributed to all of those successes. Yeah, um, I'll start. Like, it, it's definitely rewarding, like, to be recognized um, because prior to that, like, the years that we were grinding, we're still grinding, but the years that we spent, like, uh, getting told no a lot from every single party basically um, makes the fact that we persevered and uh, have got to this point where we've built a really great team. Um, we've built a product that we're really proud of and that provides value to the customers that we serve. Um, just really rewarding to see that recognized from, you know, our peers and other people, um, you know, that they get to view us, view what we do today. So, um, yeah, I think it's just for, uh, at least for me, probably for you, I think the coolest part is, I always tell people 2021, the beginning of the year is me and him. We're full time. Um, and then as that year went, we added about. Out to, in that year, yeah. like 13 or 14. Yeah, we added about. Yeah. So just taking the snapshot of like one year's time and what, you know, the difference people can make. Um, and being able to like have all of our employees tell us one of the key words about working at Qualify is refreshing. Um, so like there's something different that we've built. Honestly, sometimes it feels unintentional. Like we just were two brothers that started a company and kind of have some family values inherently in the business. And then two, we have been intentional to like try to drive culture as like the leading um, key to our success. So for me, it's been cool to just work with the people we work with every day um, and start to see them generating ideas for something that we birthed and they're helping us grow. Essentially, uh, it's kind of crazy to, to yeah. think about. It's got to be what a cool, what a cool thing to watch develop over time. And of course, I'm excited to unpack that entrepreneurial journey that you're talking about and the grind. You all have seen a lot of things um, in the short amount of time that you've been working in the industry. And so, I first want to start with you, Devin. I would be remiss if I didn't bring up Extern. It's the the kickoff of Extern season right now, as we're in the summer. Um, and you were in the 2016 Extern back in the day. So, yeah. I'd love to hear you talk about that experience and and perhaps how that shaped your journey. From yeah, that was that was uh, one of the best times I'd say of my life was externship. I was like, one, I'm like living downtown for free, getting paid amazingly as an intern at the time, uh, working for Angie's List, which was like the prominent figure in my head of a tech company in Indy, um, and doing something that, to be honest with you, I had probably very little business doing. Like, I was a product intern had never done that work before. I just happened to be entrepreneurial. So they were attracted to that. So for me, game changer in the world of like understanding how tech operates. Cause in college, they don't really, you don't really get a lens into it. It's just the reality of it. Um, that's changing over time. But for me at the time, I was like, I had never even 
seen anything like this. So it was great. Um, and I actually had the opportunity to do the uh, Tech Point fellowship yeah. with Angie's List. I ended up doing the food truck, but um, had I not had the food truck, I easily would have been doing that. So it really changed the whole my whole perspective on career path. Uh, I was in what I would call like the legacy world where I'm thinking about supply chain and going to work for some big company to thinking about, you know, being entrepreneurial within a company, even if I'm not the one owning it is really cool. So best time ever, highly suggested to literally everybody that I talked to this in college. Um, even if they don't have the experience, like just having the qualities is what clearly was what um, you all were looking for at the time. So That's awesome. yeah. You are the from dream now you're flipping it like it's incredible to see something you started there and now starting their business here in indiana and continuing to invest invest in this community so and being part of the external process on the other yeah, yeah it's yeah. wild it's higher so yeah it's a full cycle really neat it's very meta for me this is crazy yeah that's awesome. Um, I am thinking about your time in college as well. And both of you started the entrepreneurial journey early on in the college phase. And so uh, you each also developed uh, companies on your own that reflected the college space. You were trying to solve problems for the people that you were around every day, which I think is particularly interesting because not often do the journeys start trying to solve college-related problems. They often look outside into the business world. So curious about what drew you all to that kind of solution set. Yeah, for me, and it's interesting to hear you say that for me, like I've, I've talked to like younger entrepreneurs and uh, some of the things that I would encourage them is just like continue, like, don't get discouraged if you don't have like that home run idea, you know, while you're in college, because like it, what we do, <laughs> I had no idea what like HR really was, or, like recruiting really was in college. So like getting more and more real world experiences like lends itself to like understanding problems that you can solve. Uh, but for me, like at the time, I just wanted to do something, you know. So I think the first uh, first legitimate thing that I think we incorporated was a, a T-shirt business. Um, and so just uh, trying to play off like maybe minimal influence that I had um, on the small campus that, that I was at, um, working with a friend, like come, it was really fun to like get things, get something started, get it off the ground. Like we worked with other students that were like design majors to like come up with the, uh, the brand and the different T-shirt uh, looks that we had um and then we had a full you know launch event um ultimately with like most of my businesses they all tanked and folded we learned a lot of lessons um but that was fun to get to work with a friend of mine at the time um and uh do something creative um, so that was that was really the idea there for me at least makes perfect sense you start there and that's what you could relate to yeah i don't think i'll be going back to uh Hopefully not physical physical goods for a while, um, especially not t-shirts. But yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was so one. I had the benefit of being younger, so I get to watch. You know, I'm four years behind Darian, so I get to watch his failure. <laughs> I get to watch his like unfolding of the entrepreneurial spirit, and it was attractive to me. So actually my first business ever was in high school and we painted, I don't know if you ever remember this trend, but it was like galaxy print. Um, so we painted galaxy print shoes and sold them, bought the shoe for $10, sold it for like a hundred, which was cool. Um, and it was for, uh, whatever that entrepreneurial club competitions are for the state of like high school. We did it for that. So DECA, there it is. Um, 
But anyways, got to college and already knew I wanted to do that. And so um, benefit was just watching his start. And then I was like, okay, I can do something. And so uh, went throughout the first two years of school, just was like floating and trying to figure out what to start and never found anything. Um, And it was actually my track teammate, who's now our co-founder, Deshaun, um, who we were on the bus coming back from track meet, told him, told everyone, I was like, I want to start a business. Whoever's serious, hit me up. And then he's the only one that hit me up. And uh, we ended up coming together, just thinking about different problems. Um, We originally were going to do real estate. It was too expensive. uh, And for many reasons, we didn't do that. Wish we did. But anyways, um, we just narrowed in on some issues that we saw like with the nightlife. So Terre Haute didn't have a lot of food options. People would drive after going out to drink. Um, they would drive pretty far to get food. And we we're like, well, that's an issue. Um, let's build something for it. And food truck just came to mind. Um, and I love food trucks. Like I was just about that. And so we ended up starting that. It ended up doing really well. It's one of the most popular, the most popular food tr- or the only food truck in Terre Haute, but the most popular restaurant um, in Terre Haute from a follows standpoint. Um, so it really was just about the culture that we were creating. And I think that like to your point, just starting with something simple or whatever you deem simple at the time, um, building the muscle for whatever is next is kind of how I think about business in general. Now it's like everything is just building muscle. So starting qualify was a lot easier to jump into than starting twisted fry, even though, qualify as a much more complex business than the food truck was. So yeah, it was a game changer for sure. Both of you being so committed right from the get go of like founding something, starting something, looking for the the opportunities, just really cool to hear about. And you're also, I appreciate how transparent you both are about the challenges and inevitably like some failures along the way. Um, Darian, that's something I'd love to hear you speak a little bit more about. You know, you started as a financial analyst at um, Moorhead Communications. You spent a lot of time at Viral Launch started other companies that have come and gone. So throughout all of those different stints, you know, what, what do you think about when you think about the top takeaways and lessons learned um, in your journey? Yeah, I kind of joked about like not being going in the t-shirt business, but you, you get to learn uh, your likes and dislikes um, and the challenges that inherently come with different, you know, industries that you get into. Like, for instance, like with the t-shirt business, like our failure, I think, was like marketing. Like we had a launch event. And then after that, we didn't know how to like get the word out. And so you learn like, oh, well, we're, what was like the downfall of this specific thing? It's also very cost, you know, heavy. You have to like front, you know, money to buy inventory that you plan to sell. And if you don't sell it, all those sorts of things. Um, I think the biggest learning for me came with uh, Viral Launch because I was there for a longer period of time. And I got to have a scope into every aspect of the business. I'm I'm naturally a very... Um, ops driven person so like even that qualify I handle all like the back office type stuff and so I enjoy that because I get to like peek into basically every department and understand at you know uh, at some level what's going on and have some influence into some of the decisions that gets made and that was the case of our launch and uh, and we went from basically ground zero, I came in when there was already some like revenue, but got to see it really scale and saw what worked and what it, and what didn't work. What were the challenges from going, you know, at different phases of the business from a headcount perspective, from a customer perspective, um, and all the in- infrastructure. Like, what did we need in place? Um, and ultimately, we faced challenges as we 
you know, got bigger and bigger, um, that I definitely bring with me to qualify, um, in the sense of like, Hey, here's what we shouldn't do. Here's some things that worked, um, that we should maybe duplicate. Um, and, and from like a leadership standpoint, Hey, here's how my experiences influence how I want to be as a leader. I think that's probably the most important takeaway, um, is, uh, partially understanding what I liked and didn't like from other leaders, but also just seeing uh, how people react to, to certain types of leadership and, and, and trying to be the best leader I can. So, yeah. Well, powerful to hear how you're maximizing all those past experiences. Yeah. Yeah. It, it teaches you, like Devin said, it helps you build muscle. Um, and you don't, you don't know a lot of things until you encounter them. Um, and so, by failing at things you get to encounter, you know, different reasons why stuff won't work and you get to course correct and, and, and shortcut certain things and, and what we do today. So. Well, to that very point, both of you are off building muscle and on your own different entrepreneurial pathways until qualify when the two of you as brothers decide to come together and start a company. So I would love to hear about the decision you made and why now. Um, and also getting into a little bit about your relationship. What does that look like to be business partners and then also brothers in your personal life? Um, how are they the same, different in the ways that you show up with each other? Yeah. Do you want to start? It's a good question. Um, so why now? We were kind of, it was like only a matter of time. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. he used to call me ever, a lot more, actually. He used to call me a lot more <laughs> before we started the business. But he used to call me and just tell me, like, ideas. He had a commute to had, like, work. A 45 minute yeah. commute. So. so he actually would call me, um, tell me all his ideas. He still has the list. It's like hundreds long now. Um He's always been like more of an ideas generator and a lot of them suck just for the record. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he'd call, he'd call me and tell me a few and that one resonated because I felt it. Uh, and it was the first time that happened. And so that was that was it. There's no like grand story of why uh, other than the fact that we both felt the pain. Whereas before I couldn't resonate with a lot of the stuff that, you know, he had experienced uh, or just thought of. So that's been cool and then like the flip side of what it's like now i think the most important part is that we're brothers first and that's like you know everyone kind of talks down about family-owned businesses but i'm like i've only experienced great things from it i'm sure there are bad parts like i'm sure but what we made clear in the beginning again probably unintentionally just who we are is that we're family first and the business is secondary to that so that always comes rings true so like i mean every it seems like every so often one of us will be down or up uh, and it's usually inverse so like usually when i'm down he can pull me up and then vice versa i can do the same and we do that often because uh, it's as you know like the entrepreneurial journey is not easy and so it's really cool to have someone that like beyond just uh talking about business we can go into like how this is affecting our life right so um our one-on-ones usually turn into just talking about life, uh, which is fun. But um, yeah, that's, that's been my experience with this and best, best time. Yeah. I was going to say like the, this is a, I guess based on the numbers, like half of like the dream that I have of uh, doing this with. So we have an older brother and then um, our dad's in business as well. And so like the, the goal would be like all four of us to do something like start something together. It doesn't have to be software company. It could be, you know, 
something else uh it could be but just to like get to do that like that's always been part of uh the dream and uh this was this was definitely uh special to get to to work with him and like he said like uh i think the most value that i probably not the most but like one of the biggest values is like that being on opposite sides of the roller coaster um at the right time is is helpful it's rare that we're both feeling down about what's happening in the business and so we can always encourage each other pull each other out and uh uh you know because I, I don't see honestly how like solo founders do it it's very it's very hard to to start anything there's so much uh mental toughness and things that try you mentally um so to have someone that you can always turn to and like already just have built-in trust um is is really it's really special so um yeah like we the other piece too like it's probably more boring than most people think. Like we, we work really well together just naturally. I think our personalities lend itself to, uh, working really well together. I know, uh, heard of like other family businesses where it's not the case. Um, and then I think something else, uh, that I know I wanted to do was like have everything upfront, like, Hey, like what, how are we splitting things? You know, what are we getting paid? Like all that sort of stuff that can usually come into question if you don't handle it down, like, early like we made sure to like have those conversations early so um we we know what's what and it's not even a, an issue going yeah. forward so um, i always tell people like we have very similar like if you talk to darian and then talk to me separately you're going to get kind of a similar result but we we have very different approaches to things so like i am our resident rah-rah guy like uh, i'm the try to be the energy in the room and like really if we need something to get off the ground, like usually I'm the one that's going to go in first and excite people. He's the very level headed one. And so like he thinks, he thinks well, right. So like, whereas I get kind of hyped up on things or maybe think about things emotionally, he's very level headed, can, can think through things from multiple perspectives, but also we can both talk to customers at the same time. So like we're very complimentary, but also similar. It's weird. I wouldn't say we're like, he does what I don't do kind of deal. It's, it's a little bit different than that, but well, I'd say not to like be overbearing on, on this question, but uh, we're both also pretty like broadly skilled. So like I consider myself a Jack of all trades as it relates to like back office op stuff. And like, he's very similar in uh, the more customer facing elements. So like he's been kind of a first man in on sales, marketing, product design, partnerships like that's kind of the nature of his role as it is today is to like be that and then and then we create a process around it and you know hire someone into it um but we're able to i think that was a, a blessing when we first got started because we also had two other co-founders which would be remiss if we didn't give them huge credit for <laughs> helping it like getting this like everything. literally getting us off the ground with like the technology <laughs> side um but from uh you know the non-tech side we were able to like split that load pretty well so yeah yep so cool it's really i think one of the most interesting aspects of the whole qualified journey is just the unique relationship that the two of you have and clearly the awareness of one another and the ability to play off of that with each other your other co-founders Hope your brother and dad get in on it. <laughs> um, we're hopeful. My brother uh, is like learning how to be or learning uh, the cybersecurity space. So we're like, oh, yeah, sweet. Like he wasn't cool. in tech, you know, before this. So we're like, oh, cool. It might, it it's possible. It is possible. So. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Well, getting back to the product a little bit, I, I can imagine the wild ride that you've been on specifically in the last couple of years. You decided to start the company. Um, 2020 rolls around, of course, just like everyone in 2020, suddenly things are flowing up in the air. But for you all, that means remote work is now even more needed than ever. 2021 comes, we see the great resignation. Um, so I'm curious what that's been like for you all and how the product has evolved throughout the shifts that have been happening in our world and in, and in the tech environment. Yeah. I've got to joke about this like a few times recently. So I'll say it again. Like, uh, So we had been working on this. It was like a side project idea, maybe late 2018. We officially incorporated it in 2019. And then the pandemic rolls around. And at that time, uh, you know, there was a lot of like grants and uh, government funding that was available for folks that could like show that there was like a letdown in revenue or they were negatively impacted by uh, by COVID. And I joke and say that like we weren't able to show like we were negatively impacted because we didn't really have like a ton of revenue to begin with. So there was not a huge swing of percentages. But uh, what we did is just like continue to stay like locked in. Um, and I tell people all the time that uh, for us, I think the my word last year was like uh, perseverance because there's plenty of times that we I should have quit. I could have quit. Um, but we had that conviction and we, we stayed the course and, um, and found where the opportunities were. Um, we continue to, we continue to seek out, you know, where our believers were at. Um, and I think that that was, uh, how we were able to survive and get to where we are today. Um, and, and get other believers from like an investment standpoint to back us as well to like help us to do that. Um, and so, yeah, from a product standpoint, we've definitely shifted and catered to the clients that we serve. Like we're, I think we're really great at listening and iterating on the product, but the core of what we thought we wanted to do is still the core of, of what we, you know, do today, which is pretty, pretty cool to see and kind of funny, honestly, cause like I think about, um, I honestly think about this today, like folks are, you know, paying us really well for what we provide. And I imagine like if we came to them like two years earlier, they would have like shut the door on us pretty quickly. Like yeah. it's just funny that, you know, there's probably like a, I don't know if there's an official term for it, but like just surviving gives you some level of credibility. Um, and I think that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I was going to, the only thing I was going to say is there's, the audience really just is what changed and how we spoke to the audience really is how it, what changed. So when, you know, I, people ask about the virtual work question and I'm like, honestly, it didn't really change us. It changed how people think about us more than anything. They're like, uh, yeah, we need to be, you know, we need to get into the remote work like, strategy. I'm like, well, you, are, you already did phone interviews. Like, it's not. It's not, like, it's not like that was an in-person thing. It's just the the mindset around it is different. So that helped us in, in a sense. It scared us for a while. It scared me for sure. I was like, pivot, pivot. Like, I was ready uh, to find something else. And again, talked, talked us off the ledge of that. Um, but yeah, more so just how we spoke to it, the value, and then really keying in on the people that are successful with it when we started. And just trying to double, double, double that. So um, continuing to build the case studies is really, I think, 
we don't notice it at the time, but I feel like that credibility is is pretty huge. Yeah, related to that, Devin, who are the customers you think that have really thrived on the product and maybe particular industries that uh, suddenly this product really resonated with too during all yeah. times? Yeah, one of our favorite customers is in Indiana, uh, Reed Health. They're out of Richmond, Indiana. And they actually, usually Indiana customers come from like a connection. They came from literally cold email. Like we just happened to get them uh, in our pipeline and it just took off. And they wanted to use it for every candidate that came through their whole uh, ATS. So for us, that was huge. Like we were like, normally people bucket us into like one specific area. They were like, no, we want to use it for everyone. So if they apply, they get an interview, which is cool. And so we were like, okay, healthcare has got to be something. There's got to be something there. Uh, so we just started to dive in on that. And um, now we're starting to roll out with, you know, two of the top 15 health systems in the, the country, um, which is crazy to even think about. Um, and so seeing that, I think it's more of like legacy older businesses tend to like us a lot because um, they're looking for small shifts that can make a really big impact. They can't move super fast to make changes, but ours is so nimble and we're, we're a, a smaller tool that can make a huge difference for organizations. And so uh, I think that's really something that's driven a lot of results for us. Our other favorite is call centers just because it's so complimentary to what they're doing. So if a phone interview, they're going to be on the phone most of the time. Um, and they're super fast. So they're making hires within the week and they can't afford to not have pipelines. So we're really like expediting their pipeline is really what we're doing there. So those are our two, I'd say bread and butter. Um, they, I don't even, to be honest with you, our call center customers probably support a lot of fortune 500 companies that we don't know about. So we don't necessarily get to say like, yeah, we support you know these companies, but that's their job. So they, they're call center staffing companies. So they usually support pretty big businesses. Um, so yeah. So we go after, Devin kind of outlined it before, but like high, vo- like high volume areas, whether it's like large enterprises or uh, mid-market companies that have high turnover um, into like my, I guess, discredit, like when I, when we first started, it was like, Hey, let's go try to replicate my personal story, which was in the tech world. And, and we do support some customers that are, um, early stage companies that are scaling and don't have similar use case. They just don't have like the uh, team or maybe it's like the CEO doing all of the recruiting, stuff like that. Um, but we were able to, you know, find signal in other areas where, uh, that pain was, felt but it was like kind of hit or miss depending on which company we we would talk to so we learned and continued to and like i said seek out who who needed it the most and felt that pain yeah yeah that was hard because it's ground zero like most of the people that start startups are able to build revenue from their their connections we don't know hospital (laughs) yeah chr i was like we don't know these people so it really like truly took longer to get to where we are because we most people use network effects to to build that so it was a ground zero for us and it took a while to get to that realization too so yeah lots of lots of lessons in that first year of just trying to get off the ground i was like wow we could have done this but yeah that's the way it goes there yeah Yeah. um you're obviously seeing a lot in the hr tech space and 
y'all are ideas people, clearly. So I'm curious what other ideas are coming up for you as you watch some of the challenges that your customers are facing out there in the talent market. I mean, everybody in tech is talking about talent and workforce issues. So what else yeah. is that? Yeah, <laughs> we talk about them all the time. Yeah, we were just talking about some earlier today without like giving away too much of the potential secret sauce. Uh, I think where we sit at in like the the overall recruitment funnel is pretty close to the top of the funnel. So um, after a candidate applies, generally is where a qualified interview would come into place at that first level screen. Um, but what we hear, regardless of the industry. Um, almost probably regardless of like the market conditions too, is like, Hey, like we, we can always use more candidates. Like we can always, uh, we always are looking for the best ways to source and find great people and attract them. And so I think that's where a lot of our headspace has gone is like, how can we help our customers, our future customers, you know, generate that pipeline, uh, whether that's through different networks or through, you know, better marketing and, and just attraction strategies. Um, and so, yeah. That's the, that's I mean, it's just the idea that like we have thousands of candidates interviewing monthly for hundreds of jobs. So um, there is a just, I guess, disproportionate amount of people that don't get selected that we already have their interviews for. So I can leave it to the audience to imagine what <laughs> that could mean for yeah. uh, other people in the ecosystem to benefit from. Yeah. How can we how can we provide value to the candidates. Um, I'd say the other space too, that's kind of core to who we are as a company is diversity. And um, for us, it's diversity as an advantage, but for like the product is like, how can we influence that? How can we bring insights to, you know, what your recruitment looks like today um, and, and help you get to your D and I goals, um, whatever they may be, um, or help showcase how, even if you don't have those goals in place, how we can, you know, make your organization better uh, with some strategies in place. So, um, yeah. Along those lines, you all have an upfront seat to watching lots of employers try to attract and, and retain talent through that kind of process. So what's impacted the way you all have approached the employee experience from your hiring and, and the onboarding retention um, throughout what are the lessons you're applying to your own business? Move faster. Like it's the number one thing. <laughs> um, I think, unfortunately, that's the number one overlooked thing too. Like people easily get, um, I guess, satisfied with 30 to 45 days or 45 to 60 days. And it's like a norm. Um, ours is, I mean, we try to get our first round and second round done within like one to two weeks. Uh, and that's been a huge advantage for us. We get to, you get to the decision conversations faster, you close faster. It's kind of like sales. Um, and we've had employees tell us like that was part of the reason they chose us. So uh, I think that's a highly overlooked and in my opinion, easy to implement. Yeah. We, subtle plug, like we, we can help that, right? <laughs> so uh, we utilize our own tool to move that first round faster. And then the second round is where that would have been a week out. We're a week ahead. So that's my number one. I don't have any, I don't know if stats are publicly available. Um, I don't have them, but <laughs> there, <laughs> to my anecdotal knowledge, there's a huge advantage to being like first to offer, like being first to offer a candidate puts you like um, in such an advantage seat, um, I think, in my opinion. So there's that. And then also just like being intentional. Um, 
I think for a small company, we've put a lot of specific things in place when it comes to our recruitment processes, um, our culture and how we define it. And um, for instance, like one example of that is like we practice structured interviewing. So um, it's kind of inherent in the tool we we offer. So we use Qualify ourselves partially to give candidates an uh, insight into like what we do as a company, but also uh, to create that uh, consistency in our hiring process. But then when it comes to live interviews, every candidate uh, for a specific job is going to get the same uh, interview uh, experience recreated. So we'll have the same people involved in the live panel asking the same questions read, read from the screen. So it may feel slightly different than a typical interview where it's a little bit more free flowing, but in this way, we're able to ask the questions the exact way we want. Every, every candidate is going to get that same experience. So it allows us to compare, you know, more objectively. Um, so that's just like one, one example of, of, of that. But um, from my knowledge or from in my experience it's it's a bit more than a lot of other small smaller companies put into place so um, yeah those are great reflections and i feel like the theme of intentional and move faster is a perfect place to end to reflect the whole conversation so thank you so much for your time talking today yeah it's a pleasure to hear thank about you your so much thank you. me and excited for what's next well thank you thank you so much it was fun.